Welcome to Being Brown. This episode, we speak with Bobby Empath. Hina and I had an awesome conversation with one of the Ruckus Avenue Radio's resident talk show host, Bobby. Bobby spoke to us about his journey so far and how the idea of Sapna Toronto, an organization that aims to strengthen and rejoice the professional presence of South Asian community in Toronto, came about. Welcome to Being Brown. My name is Karan. I'm Hina. And we are here with the uh, wonderful, incomparable Bobby Empath. <laughs> Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? Thank you so much for the um, the nice introduction. Truly appreciate being on the Being Brown podcast. And I truly love the work that both yourself and Hina are doing. And yeah, just um, the more... We have these discussions, the better we'll be. And uh, the last time you and I, we talked, Karen, it's just, it's like a good, like, you know, um, you know, boost for the morning. You know, right now, if anybody's listening out there, it's now 7 a.m., 7-ish a.m. Yep. And uh, this is Karen's uh, way of getting back at me because I dragged him out of bed <laughs> and now he dragged me out of bed. So him and I were now even. But I yeah, this is. I'm roped into this as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So then again, yeah. So I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting uh, verbally beaten by you know two great hosts. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you for coming. And like well, I said, um, before we were recording, it's a small sacrifice to be up in the morning to be able to speak with you. So, once again, thank you. And it's, um, I'm really looking forward to this conversation because I wasn't a part of part one, that was hosted on mental dominance. Um, but I really wanted to to get involved because I had serious FOMO. So um, I said to Karan, when Bobby is on, I really want to be a part of this conversation because there's lots that I know I can learn from you. And secondly, lots that I want to to know about you because um, since you and Karan had this this introduction through IFSA, you've become this this virtual friend of his, obviously, because we've not yet met in person. And, um, you know, there's there's lots that I've heard about you. So uh, it's always great to to have an opportunity to hear it firsthand from you and, and all the wonderful things that you're doing currently. Yeah, can you believe it? Like, um, ever since Gunnar and I, when we connected, like, it's been like a, like, really, really heavy bromance. It's practically, like, <laughs> Gunnar and I are practically sleeping in the same bed. Sorry, Hina. But <laughs> even though it's virtually, but that's that's pretty much how things resonated afterwards. But uh, yeah, no, but it's also part of the nature itself is that when you find commonality within people, you sustain relationships, right? So it's not like mm. so. This is this is like a, I don't like I don't want to like you know put anybody on the spot, nor am I like you know talk about people. We're all busy in our own ways, and we're all even though it's pandemic, mm. we're all busy, and we don't have time for people, especially when we're married and we have children and whatnot. But it's always important mm. to sustain and remember those people that you've had these profound conversations with. And this is one thing that Gunnar mm. and I, you know, we have a commonality with as well. And why, why have a hit and run relationship when you can just sustain this and have a longevity? Because I'm sure that even with yourself, mm. you know, is that we can, you know, do a lot more and share a lot more and, you know, collaborate a lot more because this is what, this is, this, this is what helps us become better. Um, it's the growth oh. factor on top of relationships that really matters. Yeah, well said. Real yeah. talk there. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent. I think um, you. I think one of the reasons this this works as well is that you just said it, and I, you know, I'm sure you have friends like this, and you know, he and I, and I both do have friends like this. It's it's when you can not talk for you know x amount of time, whether it's months or weeks or whatever, and then you can just kind of pick up where you left off, and there's no. 
there's no guilt about, you know, oh, okay, you didn't get in touch with me because you were busy and, you know, none of that nonsense. And and that 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 kind of relationship I find never works because it, it you're it kind of goes back to the mental health thing, doesn't it? Really, it's you're holding on to a weight that you're, you know, in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, I've got to get in touch with this person. If I don't get in touch with this person, then then they're going to feel some way about me. And, you know, that relationship is not going to work. And and I, I've always appreciated the relationships that that allow us to live our lives and we, we can still have a good relationship and good friendship or whatever it is. Um, despite the things going on in our lives. And I think that that's that says a lot about the person as well. I, I think it's the expectations. that That's the thing mm. that it's it's nice not to have with, mm. with these true, as you said, um, Bobby, these authentic relationships that can be so profound in so many different ways, um, not to have expectations of one another and just have that compassion that, you know, that, something's going on mm. or they're just living their life and and that doesn't mean that they love you any less or they um they don't care about you any less it just it just means they haven't got around to to messaging you so yeah <laughs> it's it's super important and and we we wholeheartedly appreciate those kinds of kinds of relationships too yeah and one thing that i kind of want to include and this is something that i've learned recently like really recently and what ended up happening was a friend of mine reached out to me and which, what happened was she was like because a lot of what I, like, I, I don't, I guess my social media, even though I have a love-hate relationship with social media, but, like, one, there was a time where my social media interaction, my social media um, content, my, my interactivity went stagnant. And then she actually mm-hmm. messaged me and just did, like, a quick health check. And she was like, hey, Bobby, just checking in with you. You know, just wanted to see everything's okay, blah, blah, blah. I haven't heard from you. And when you mm-hmm. have, you know, people mm-hmm. who do this, it just kind of shows just genuine care. Just, like, you know do like a quick sanity check with people. And the reason why this is important is because, you know, you don't know what people are going through. And also sometimes people might not even realize it themselves. You know, you need to have a person to kind of tap in the shoulder and then you'd be like, oh shit, yeah, I'm not feeling good. Thank you for reminding me that I'm not feeling good. And now I can actually, you know, realize what the problem is. And it's the first reinforcement mm-hmm. of others that, you know, brings people up. You know, I am, I, you know, I'm all about self-sufficiency, but sometimes you do need the guidance of others to, you know, pull you out. Even when it's something so subtle, mm-hmm. such as like, hey, I'm just checking in. You all right? <laughs> and so, and I just think that that's really, really yeah, exactly. important. Yeah. Um, when, you know, when you look at things yeah. and also, you know, be truthful about how you're feeling as well. You know, just like the, you know, it's like they say that the man who says I'm fine. Usually you're not fine, or in many mm. cases are not fine. Fine, no. I'm fine is just a force of habit. I'm fine is just people are just mm. you know that's you know that's that's how that, you know when someone's like, hey, how are you doing today? I'm fine, but but like is that? But is, <laughs> yeah. but is, are you really fine? And mm. and you know like I guess, but it's just a matter of like, but you have to be prepared for that moment where somebody says, um, you know, hey, how you doing? Um, no, no, I'm, I'm not too good. I don't yeah. know. My ex girlfriend yeah. punched my grandma today, and uh, yeah. yeah, that's all I'm doing. How are Ouch. you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, the, the punch the grandma was a little too extreme. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I completely understand. I think it's so easy for us to say I'm good, because we we then don't have to come to terms with how we really are feeling, and um. Much like you've learned something new, I, I on the other end of things when I'm speaking to people, um, purely because of the the nature of my my work, um, what I found is asking people how. So what what I do um, is I now say, can you give me three words to describe how you're feeling? 
and that's only in my job right now. I wouldn't do that to my friends, but maybe I would follow up with a question like that. Like, okay, give me three words to describe how you're feeling. Mm. If they said, I'm not really sure, I'm, I'm okay. I, I would always say, well, you can do better than that. You, you know, the English language is vast. Yep. And often the, those three <laughs> words are very telling as to how someone's feeling. Um, and it, it really does ask them to to get in touch with, with them themselves yeah and i think this is something that me and you've have got into the habit of like since i've been doing like these mental health videos and and whatever it is but even like before that in our relationship we've always kind of been you know if i say to you like how are you feeling today like we don't just say you know i'm fine or whatever we have to kind of go into it because we know like if it starts with i'm okay then we have to and we can see on each other's faces that there's something wrong we kind of know that there's something up obviously mm. and that's i think that it's uh, even with our friends, it's the same thing. Like, um, you know, that I've got a couple of friends back, back in England now where we'll, we'll message each other. And it's like, yeah, you know, I'll say, how are you doing today? And if they tell me, and I think I told you this last time, uh, Bobby is what, if they tell me like, you know, I'm, I'm doing fine. I say to them, well, if that's the, if that's the conversation you're going to give me, then it ends right now. <laughs> you know, like I, I want to know how you're feeling. I'm not going to ask you just because it's small talk for me, because it's for me, it's it means much more than that. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I get that. It's. Um, yeah, it's, it's a big 100 percent. And, um, and and it all comes down to, you know, your level of feeling as well. And also, like, I just one thing that I kind of want to, you know, even. This is something that we all need to realize too. We all need mm. to kind of think about as well. We also have to like be a little open-minded about is that whatever we're feeling right now does not define, you know, you and right. anything, anything negative that we're going through in life, it, it, it's all going to pass mm. and it's all going to like, you know, blow over. Mm. It's just a matter of, it's just a matter of like, you know, letting it blow over sometimes like, you know, when people, and this is something that, I try to like look at it in more detail when it comes to positivity. Like, yeah, I'm all about positivity. Stay positive, you know, whatever mm -hmm. it is. But if you're if you're feeling pain, you know, you have to accept the pain and let it let it run through you and pass. Mm -hmm. Because if you're gonna fake the funk, mm -hmm. faking happiness is so so dangerous. Mm -hmm. you it's know? exhausting as yeah. well. Yeah. And I remember seeing like I don't know like what I, a, a meme with you know a photo of. Chris Farley, Robin mm. Williams, mm. Um, um, Amy Winehouse, and they're mm. smiling. And then the photo, then basically the, the, the message was always check up on your friends. Mm. Because, you know, even though they're smiling, are they really smiling? Yeah, yeah. Like, are they really smiling on the inside? Are they putting on a facade on what society wants us to be? Mm. You know, growing up, like just the other day, I was watching Aladdin with my kids, and mm. Aladdin was, you know, I love, I love Aladdin, yeah. the animated version. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just knowing the fact of like how entertaining Robin Williams mm, was, 100%. and it's just so hard to understand like how the hell did this guy commit suicide? Mm. You know, like like what could for somebody who is so full of life and mm. funny as hell, mm. and somebody that we grew up watching. Anyways, I kind of went on a little bit of a no, no. Here, so no. I pause. <laughs> Snap. <Yeah. laughs> no, absolutely. I think yeah, these cool. these things are. You know things that are, are important and we do need to consider especially checking in on people and especially now more than ever uh and and i say that because not just because of the pandemic but you know it, in places where this lockdown has been 
um, on and off, it has an absolute strain on people's mental health, even people who, um, you know, have never experienced low mood or anxiety before. And I think that um, being at home on your own or being at home with other people, regardless uh, of how how you're at home, trying to manage work, th- this new way of living can put a strain on people and how your body reacts to that can be com- mm. completely different to how it's reacted before. Mm. And sometimes people are un- unaware of that, of, of how they're feeling about, you know, why am I not wanting to call people and be in touch with people? Mm. May, they may not really understand the difference between low mood, depression, anxiety, um, and, you know, exha- exhaustion from being working from home or anything like that. And maybe it's a combination of everything. And I, and I'm sure there are thousands, if not millions of people out there who are who are um, working through this right now. And I know right now in t- Ontario, we're in yet another lockdown. And this one in particular has, you know, I've heard people say, I'm just fed up with this now. I, mm. I, you know, it's, it's getting a lot. And uh, especially in my workplace, there's a lot of talk of feeling overworked and burnt out and just needing a break. Mm. Um, and so looping back to this how this conversation even started yeah check in with not just your friends your employee you know your workers people who you're you're connected with at work because you have no idea how people are managing and coping so mm. yeah I, I stand by what you say Bobby 100% yeah um and I think that it's it's so tough because like you said just kind of using the example that you gave of, of you know Robin Williams I guess um you know obviously he was going through something else in his life as well. But uh, I think you don't know that. Do you know what I mean? This, this, that, what you said is, is, is a perfect example of that. How do we know what, what everybody's going through? If, if we just, just don't know, if we don't check in with them, how are we going to know what's going on in their life? Um, and yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a tough one. And sometimes you, you can only do so much and you can reach out and sometimes that's not going to work. Um, but at least you know that you that you tried. Yeah, exactly. And see, some of the things that I try to I try to look at as well is I try to put myself in the mind, like in the mindset of people that are mm. famous. Mm. And and I guess you know, I guess on the I guess on the topic of this, you know, mm. being a filmmaker, girl, and I think this is something that we can maybe really vibe off of and have a conversation because, um, you know, when you look at people that are mm. in Hollywood. Or mm. that are famous, if you're an entertainer or whatnot. And I remember it's it's funny because I remember I was list I was watching a TED talk. Mm. My wife showed me who the hell was this? Guy? It was a lady who she she it was a, it was a lady who wrote the book Eat oh, yeah. Love mm. Pray. Elizabeth Gilbert. I was watching a TED talk mm-hmm. of hers, right? And so the, so Eat Love Pray was a best selling book, and it was like. It was, it, it was, um, yeah, like it blew up. Everybody was reading it, bestseller, blah, 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 won awards, mm. all that kind of good stuff. And then what ended up happening was she was talking about her experience where she became a famous author. And then after the fact that she, you know, had this one release of a book, people were kind of, it wasn't direct discouragement, but they came to her and they said that, aren't you concerned? Like, why would I be concerned about? Because like they, she wrote like, you know, like right. a best-selling book. And they're like, well, knowing the fact that you hit a ceiling in your life and you're not going to get past yeah. that ceiling. Ouch. 
Yeah. <laughs> Knowing the fact that, like, you know, what's what's next mm-hmm. for you? You have a best-selling book. Is, 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 is that it for you? Like, you know, like, that you're only going to be known for, like, you know, eat, love, eat, pray, mm. love, sorry, eat, pray, love. And and so it, it, this is some of the things when it comes to being a person of fame or being uh, the, the, some of the struggles and some of the pressures that come down to it. Right. And and how and, and how your lifestyle is. Um, you have the money to get help, but then why don't you do it? Um, let's just say if you like there's people that that I try to there's people that I wonder about and there were. You know, there were great actors uh, from, you know, from back in the day. What are they doing now and how are they coping with this one time I had fame and now I don't have that anymore? I used to live a lo- I used to live a lavish lifestyle. People would stop me on the street and be like, oh, my God, can I have your autograph? But you don't have but you don't have mm-hmm. that lifestyle anymore. You know, I had XYZ film that came out, but now people are too focused on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. And so, or Leonardo DiCaprio, like it was supposed to be me. Well, you know, I was supposed to, you know, be Jack from Titanic, but then that stupid <laughs> jerk Leonardo DiCaprio took that role. And so, you know, people like that because this, this is, this is like, this is Hollywood, yeah. even Bollywood as well. Like, um, you know, that, there's this. That, who's that one guy? Oh, yeah, uh, very controversial suicide. Yeah, and, and apparently, like he was getting like, like apparently like opportunities were being taken away from him and and, mm. and like you know he committed suicide and so people were talking about the well, the media was talking about how opportunities were taken away from him but but was that the end for him mm. you know he was young he was a young actor mm-hmm. he had some great movies that came out like why why stop there you know why you know why why take that you know that you know that, that final mm. destination of taking your life so and so this is just some of the things that you know, that I kind of just thought about now, gotten in right, terms right. of like film and fame, and once having film and fame, and why you know take and then taking your life and being self-destructive. Mm-hmm. Recently, we lost DMX. Now I'm not sure. Like I, apparently, the, he he always had problems, but then there's mm-hmm. been a huge gap. I, I listen to a lot of hip hop. Mm-hmm. I even have his first four albums. Um, but but then again, like for the past like ten years so little mm-hmm. was coming out from from a content on a content basis and then you know knowing the fact that he did become self-destructive he did resort to drugs and then mm. well even though he didn't commit suicide it took him over and it took his health over and then mm-hmm. dying at the age of 50 is 100%. a pretty young age at the end of it. i i i think um it's interesting you kind of uh, looking at the you know supna um and kind of the stuff that you do with them and it, it i guess it got us thinking because it was it was kind of the the when me and Hina were talking it was kind of the core of 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 i guess what we want to talk about as well and, and it's interesting you talk about like the yeah, for sure. you know how people kind of get through life and and may, trying to make something of themselves and i guess i'm intrigued to hear obviously we're intrigued to hear kind of how that that came up like how how the idea of Supna was there. And and I guess, you know, it's all connected, obviously. I mean, I, I wasn't just cutting you off because you're talking about DMX. And um, I guess it, I guess it ties into him having uh, dreams, yeah, me, us having dreams. <laughs> okay. I, you know, I think it all. Yeah, yeah, connects. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, no, sorry. No, that's my bad. I was on it. I was, I wanted a bit of a, a rabbit hole. Kind of <laughs> no, 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 no. It's fine. It's all, yeah, it's all relevant. Yeah, I went from DMX to Sopna right now. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I'm only, it's all good. It's all good, man. Um, no, no, because it is correlated at the end of the day, right? Because every, you know, every action um, has a reaction, right? So, yeah. And then when it comes to Sopna itself, is that the reaction with Sopna was that um, what ended up happening was, it's, it's, it, it, it means a lot to me because it all comes down to like, you know, struggles that one faces. Uh, and, and yeah, mental health is correlated to that because, you know, as I was growing up, you know, being in my 20s, when I was in my 20s, I was pretty much a child all the way through. Mm. Mm. Um, uh, you know, and, and being a child all the way through, you don't really have any aspirations and well, you know, you mm. have aspirations, you have dreams, but then like, how do you get there? Um, there, especially during the recession, you know, the recession hit me hard. And then that's when you become all of your dreams and aspirations just kind of deteriorate, think that there's no hope for you mm. and that you won't be able to achieve anything given the fact that, you know, the economy has to define who you are. Or how the economy mm. works defines who you are. I was all about that. You know, mm. That's kind of like how um, there's no opportunities. Go find another opportunity. Right. If you if you don't like what you, if you can't do anything that you love, then stop doing it. Hundred <laughs> mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. yeah. You know, when I was when I was twenty, I was like twenty seven, twenty eight. I lost my job, and then mm. I was at home. I was, you know, I, you know, being being a digital marketing is something that I've always loved. I love digital mm. marketing. Mm-hmm. Like I love marketing. Like that's that's me. You know, I went to school for it, right? And I, I still mm. I still hold on to it. Mm. And then during the recession in two thousand eight and nine, um, my mom was just saying, "Listen," because um, my dad was a bus driver, and right? Mm-hmm. And then my mom was like, listen, your dad can just get you to become a bus driver. And I'm like, shit, I don't want to be a fucking bus driver. <laughs> 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 and then the next thing you know, she's like, listen, you have a pension. You're getting old, Bobby. You should get married. You mm. need to take care of your kids. You know, you Jeez, got other, yeah. I want grandkids one oh. day. I want, you know, I want you to get married one day. You need stability <laughs> yeah. in your life and all that kind of, you know, the whole parental yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff that happens. <laughs> and I, I, I bought, like, I, part of me was kind of buying it a little bit where, I, where my mindset was getting influenced by external factors and society norms and all that kind of stuff. Mm. As a male, you know, yeah. as, as, as a South Asian male, you know, you should, you know, like, and then also the whole comparison side where, hey, listen, you're 28. When I was 28, I had all my kids. Um, yeah. I had a house already. I was working, one. all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, you're above your pro, you know, you're, you know, you're way past your time, blah, blah, blah. They make it seem like you're terminally ill. And so, <laughs> so, There's yeah, no like life after 30. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Your time is up. And so, but reality is, is that there's so much more to life than, you know, and there's so much more to explore. So then something that came about where, and, and again, like in 2003 and four, what ended up happening was I lost my job again. Well, shame on you. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, uh, and then, then what ended up happening was I I always thought to myself I, I, like this is during a time where networking was more was becoming more accepted where meeting mm. strangers mm-hmm. was becoming more accepted there's a lot mm. more events taking play in, place in the greater Toronto area I went to a few events I loved it I was meeting some new people and not only was I meeting some new people I was able to like you know sustain some good relationships along the way then I looked at the South Asian side and I thought to myself that you know why. I see so many subgroups within the South Asian community. 
and they all have their own, you know, professional groups itself. But then why can't right. we all amalgamate as one? Because we all have the same struggle. Wherever you came mm-hmm. from, wherever your wherever our parents came from, wherever it might have been, there's a reason why they're here. Mm. And there's a reason why they came to Canada or Toronto altogether. And so and but then again, that person who's part of one cultural group, their story is no different than as part of the other culture group within the subcontinent itself. Mm-hmm. So so that said, I decided to amalgamate that. You know, I'm a mm. Punjabi guy, born and raised in Hamilton, Ontario, fled to we got married, fled to Scarborough, Ontario. Not too many Punjabis here. I was able to learn more about other cultures. I was able to mm. learn more about the Sri Lankan community. Great community. Cool. I was mm-hmm. able to learn more about the um, Bengali community. Great community. Um, and it's also funny because when we're born and brought up um, as youths and our parents, you know, our parents can be a little narrow-minded sometimes. They say, hey, listen, stay away from these kind of people. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, we all have like, you know, our, our this whole type of, you know, stigma that when you connect 100%. With this, when like you know, there's a specific group or, or a culture group that you should stay away from. I don't know why we should stay away from them. Are you afraid that no. I'm going to marry outside of my culture? Are you afraid that um, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, learn more about another culture itself? Like, you know, th- you know like there was, what's the purpose of that? I got screwed over by more people. You know, the, what's wrong with, you know, learning more about other cultures. It all comes down to learning. It all comes down to, you know, what, what um, other, you know, cultural groups within the south asian community can bring and what they can deliver 100%. and also yep. yeah um we can we can work together mm. we can do business together we can um you know learn from other yeah people. and our struggles are exactly the same mm. and you know we were the same people and see this the thing with Sapna toronto is that um the color of Sapna toronto is black yep. and the reason why it's black is because black is the color of everything mm. nice and and that's something that means a lot to me because it's it's basically everything combined in one mm-hmm. and and that's and that goes you know that, that that's that's a big part of the black and white um brand statement that's something that toronto represents 100 at the end of the day like that now um it's pandemic now we can't do it mm-hmm. sucks and uh so you know but at the end of the day um throughout the past you know seven eight years we have you know uh connected with some great groups we've grown tremendously and and learn and being a part of the mental health space means a lot because you know it's another layer to add on to the professional community itself because we need to educate people on mental health yeah talk about mental health and of course you know aside from you know getting a good job and you know being professional and kicking ass in the professional world you know you know also um go back and evaluate yourself and look and 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 look at ways of you know you can not only improve yourself but ways of you can improve your mental self as well mm. yeah. and so this is a big layer that has evolved from self Toronto in addition to the professional side so that's the elevator pitch <laughs> <laughs> and what uh, what an amazing elevator pitch and you know really kind of um an idea that seems so obvious yeah you know to put people together who have the same or similar shared experiences to help each other <clears throat> help each other rise in the world Mm. um, and doing it in a safe space where they can speak about things other than work. You know, they can check in about their mental health Mm. and really, um, I don't know, be themselves and learn from one another. So yeah, I think it, it, when I, when I first learned about it, when, when we moved to to Canada um, and this is before yours and Karan's um, romance, romance, (laughs) uh, 
it was really nice to see actually because I thought wow okay so I'm a newcomer I'm South Asian this is maybe where I can find people who can give me some guidance um and I I have to say it was it was really nice to see that so um you know hearing I'm sure hearing firsthand from somebody who saw that and mm. and thought okay Toronto likes me or the GTA kind of likes newcomers and there's some space for, for me to be supported um I'm sure that's nice for you to to know Bobby and I'm sure that there are lots of people out there that feel um welcomed by that space mm. and and you know I, I go back to yeah. I, I wasn't cutting you off about DMX I think it's all kind of related and the reason I kind of snapped so quickly to to sub now was <laughs> <laughs> was we're back to the realized he wasn't <laughs> okay. being uh, the segue wasn't as soft no 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 because it was all related to something what I was getting what I was getting at was it's it's remarkable when it's kind of going back to when you're talking about you know you just, like, you know famous people and you don't know what's kind of going on in their lives it's amazing how when you think you know go, kind of going back to your story you know, you losing job, losing jobs, you know, a couple of times in your life and kind of cutting that dream short. And, you know, you've got two very different sides of the spectrum where you've got someone who wanted to make something of themselves, wanted to make that money, wanted to do something with build their lives, whatever it is. And, you know, they, you know, I guess you can, you could say in many ways, you felt like you didn't have anything. Whereas you can find someone famous, someone like DMX or whoever it is, when they have virtually everything, they have the money, they have the fame, and they can still feel the same way that you felt when you left your job. Well, when you, sorry, when you lost your jobs, let's say. And it's, it's, I yeah. find that those parallels are so interesting. And, and I fully believe, you know, regardless of how much money that will make, money will not bring you happiness. And you hear this every single day. You hear that we, you know, we know this. And I, I, I want to make sure that, you know, when I... Well. I'm laughing because we know it, but I don't think we really believe it. No. Honestly, I no. don't think people really believe it. I think there's still that that chase, um, you mm. know, the pursuit of happiness, mm -hmm, inverted mm -hmm. commas, and that chase. And people will hustle and hustle and hustle mm. for that that paper, mm. let's say. Um, <laughs> I imagine DMX would have called it paper. Um, and um, it... it it doesn't bring you happiness for well it doesn't for so many people i imagine there are some people who are truly um mm -hmm. happy with with what they have yeah. through the the material goods that they're they're getting but you know we do hear famous people and they do that that 360 loop and mm. they say yeah it's not so much fun mm, to have yeah. that and actually there's more um value in community and more value in the things that you know essentially Sapna's doing I imagine mm. that was supposed to be your segue yeah yeah absolutely 100% no and, and that, that is exactly what it was and I, I think you know I'm not I'm not going to be completely ignorant and say yeah there, there, you know there aren't people in the world who have nothing right now and and would would wish for nothing more than money just so they can get their family by and mm -hmm. and that would bring them happiness absolutely but I guess what I'm talking about is from a very very much for a place of privilege in that you know, we're very fortunate, you know, Bobby, you, Hina, you know, and, and, and myself. We've yeah, we've got jobs, we've got a place to live, we've, it's easy for us to say money can't bring you happiness, but we kind of really virtually have everything we want. Um, yeah. You know, material, yeah, yeah exactly. material things are, the, you know, by and by, like, that's, that's not gonna, that's not gonna bring us anything, you know, the whole thing about, you don't know, take it with you when you're gone, same thing, like, it's, even that it's, 
it's it's yeah i don't know i mean i can go on all day about it but that, that i guess that was my my segue from from dma that's why that's why i i cut you short so much no no that's awesome no i just love the way how there was like to have it's like a like it, it was just like a um a switch from dmx to this but I, just, I just love i love it though i have a biggest smile on my face right now but, no, but i guess what i'm trying to say is this is that like it's not about the size of your home it's the size of the happiness inside your home right and then going right. back to like being south asian whatever it might be like i have to blatantly say that south asian people we are naturally competitive mm. and i'm sorry if anybody disagrees with me but that's how it always has been well, no, like, yeah. we're trying to get yeah. ahead with people we're, we're always comparing ourselves to other people but why are we doing mm. that you know why this other person has no relevance to me so there's no reason to compare myself to them mm. i follow my own path I follow my own mm. journey. I have follow my own happiness. Yes. Their happiness might be, oh, I want to live in a big house in Brampton and all that, you know. <laughs> I want yeah. I want to go shopping. I want to buy yeah. like three pairs of shoes. I'm going to have someone to hold my phone, watch me go to the cash <laughs> register and buy all this shit. And then meanwhile, I'm just going to put that on Instagram so then people can see how much I have. Sorry. I was just, it sounds like you know people like this, man. Oh, yeah. That's how, that was a very specific yeah. example. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So how, 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 could you imagine that scene? Like, you know, okay, I'm, I'm at the cash register. Hey, bro, could you hold my phone? I have these three shoes I want to, like, you know, could you just take a video of me purchasing these shoes? I'm like, dude. <laughs> What's wrong with you, man? The freaking shoes, and they're gonna be, and they're gonna be like dirty in the, in the next few months, and then like, like, yeah. why, why? Take your money, put it into your RSP, so you can buy a freaking home. <laughs> And then when you have kids, take take your money, put into an RESP, get a TFSA account, and then next thing you know, by the time so you can retire, you know, fine, okay, you know, you don't need this shit. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry. So- <laughs> and and for our, our UK listeners, all of those acronyms were uh, savings accounts that would relate into um, basically your pension and um, savings for your children. <laughs> which is a wise thing to do, which yeah, is a very wise thing to do. completely wise, yes. Invest in your future, whatever that means for you. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and this, this, this episode is not sponsored by any financial companies. So, yeah. No. no. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, I guess, I guess going back to what you're, what you're trying to say is of what, what we're talking about here is that um, we don't, we don't need to compare ourselves to other people. We don't need to have, like, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, right? Like, now, when I got married, I had a big wedding, and then I think to myself, yeah. and I look at when I look at how, and when I look at my wedding, I just thought to myself, I could have just like you know, cut my guest list and like by a third, and I could have taken the rest of that money and put it towards like my future, but that didn't 100%. happen. But it all came yeah. for show. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Dad, I love you, Dad, but like that's pretty much what it was. <laughs> you know, the people that were part of my wedding, the people I never met before. And so, mm. but then apparently I fa- I never knew I had family in California and they flew all the way here. And I'm like, okay, cool. Who are wow. you? Jeez. I'm like, who? And so it's that kind of deal. Like, and, and that's mm. how Indian weddings are at the end of the day or South Asian yeah, weddings 100%. are at the end of the day. Right? Yeah, like yeah, we, yeah. We're, it's, it's more for show than for happiness. But then the background, you know, people who are running things, even the bride and groom are stressed the fuck out. You know, your parents yeah, exactly. are stressed out and all that kind of stuff. But meanwhile, it's all yeah. to please your guests. And so, and then the next thing you know, you have a wedding reception. You go, drink, eat chicken, and then <laughs> dance, dance off, eat dessert, pay, go home. It, it sounds like you're trying to very difficultly uh, remember everything that happened yeah. on that day. Yeah. Selling it. 
<laughs> or whether there's, there's regret there or not. But no, I think it's something that so many of us can relate to. Like Karan and I had, um, I'm going to say we had, for Karan, it was a big wedding, but for me, it was modest. Mm. We had, you know, a guest list of 250 at our, our Hindu ceremony, which... Only for for a Hindu wedding in you know in England and, and specifically in Leicester as well, when you have so much family around you, it's it's quite small. Two fifty, two hundred fifty people, mm. small compared to my sister who had approximately, you know, seven to eight hundred people at her wedding, and many of them she did not know. So you, you know, I think um, the wedding side of things it needs a lot of work, but then also you get the 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 glamorous weddings that are happening in India. I don't know if you've seen the show, um, um, my big day, but the weddings are just getting out of control in mm. India. And we see that trickle outside of, uh, of India into the, the you know, the diaspora in, on the Western side. And we want to, we want to recreate that. And, um, I think there's, there's a lot to unpack with it when it comes to weddings. Um, yeah, there, there's, there's so much there, uh, so many layers, and I think ultimately we, we have to find what works for us. But mm. I think even that is such a balance, it's such a hard balance to achieve because you, you have your parents who are heavily involved, and they have their own expectations, and it comes back to that, that root of yeah. expectations. Um, uh, yeah, and I think, I think it was what Bobby said it was was kind of hit it on the head and it was such a nice place to kind of round off this conversation was that you know the idea of a wedding it, it relates so directly back to our lives mm. don't do shit just to impress other people yeah and i think that really is if if i was going to take any way, anything away from that conversation i mean i already knew this but if i was going to take anything away from this conversation it'd be that mm -hmm. is don't live your life to somebody else's standards yeah um and yeah i don't know i mean I guess to close off, do you guys have any closing statements? <laughs> <laughs> this feels very, this, that felt very serious. Uh, I felt like I was... Uh, yeah. Jerry no, Springer, final thoughts, right? No, no, yeah. no Jerry Springer, I don't have anything to say. If you rest in peace, rest in peace, DMX. Yes, I rest in peace. I think that's apt, <laughs> rest yeah. Rest in peace, DMX, oh my DMX. goodness. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, so I just want to say that, you know, I'm really, really privileged to be here um, at the end of the day, and I love what you guys are doing. Uh, and I love, um, you know, the, you know, what you guys represent. Uh, he and I tried to steal your husband away from me because I actually went to him and I said, Hey, do you want, can I, do you want to like work together as a co-host? And then he was like, uh, my co-host is my Aww. wife. And I'm like, okay, family first. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, which, which I, I guess at the time I just didn't realize. Mm -hmm. Neither did I. And then, yeah. So he's a very, you know, Garden is a very sweet individual and you guys are very sweet people. At the end. I appreciate that. It's, it's hard to find. You know, I'm sure I, I'm a firm believer that most people are good people, but, um, you know, I do, you know, you know, at the end of the day, like, it's just a matter of, you know, connecting with people that you can really vibe mm -hmm. with. And that's what I get from you guys. Uh, you know, and I, you know, at the end, and like, I truly appreciate being on the show. And if there's anything that I can ever do for you guys, you know, please let me know. And, 100%. Um, I, I'll be there to, I'll be there for you guys. Ah. Oh, Bobby. Appreciate that. That's that lovely. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, no, 100%. I think, you know, when when everything is said and done, all this COVID nonsense is, is, is over with it, you, you know, I think uh, we're, st we're starting to build a list of people we, we, want, we <laughs> want to catch up with and just have a drink or whatever with. And yeah, obviously you'll, you'll be uh, at the top of that list. Um, and can I just say... I have a question. Oh, wait, okay. Go on, you go first and then I... I have a question. Yeah, okay, sorry. Ahead. This is just... Um, 
Hina, how does Karan's beard smell? Like, like, uh, like, what, what are your thoughts on the woodsman beard? It's, it's lovely. When, when oh, yeah. um, he, he got received the package, it, it was. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was like royal, but then almost rugged. Like there was a, there's this. It was this. I don't know what the smell is, but it was. It, it, I'm telling you, it, it smells great, um, and. Um, the, the products that he's been using from you yeah. and uh, yeah well, well it's a winner definitely yeah. it's better than smelling like food or cheese or something like that so yeah I, I'm so <laughs> yeah. happy that, that he's using those those products so thanks for that Bobby I have three more to give you Karan I'll just send them over to you once already. oh awesome so. that's awesome this episode was brought to you by yeah, a woodsman yeah. bit <laughs> yeah exactly what were you going to say I was just going to say Bobby um it, Again, I know I said this right at the beginning. Um, you know, Garan and you haven't met, but it's you. You seems to you seem. You, I don't know. I feel like we're friends. Yeah. Um, and we are. But it's not. Like it seems yeah, like we no, are. No, no, yeah. Like, like I guess I'm not involved in this romance. You and Garan are very much friends. I'm aware of this. I see the. I see the love on Instagram and in your messages with one another. Yeah, that that's for sure. But I feel like I'm a part of that to some extent as well. So. Um, separate from your bromance, you are also um, somebody that we we care about, and mm. you know, thank you for taking the time out to speak with mm. us. I actually had you, lots of other topics that I wanted to cover with you, so um, please, we we need to come back and do some more episodes yes. because there's lots yeah. that um, I think there's lots of conversations that we could have mm. and and um, share your wisdom with with the rest of the. <laughs> The rest of our listeners. Absolutely, yeah. Sorry. I think DMX took up that time slot. Yeah. Sorry about that. But well-deserved space, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, all yeah, right, awesome. then. Well, thank you, Bobby, for being right, with thanks, us. Bobby. Uh, and um, I'm, this will obviously, I'm, I'm sure, we'll have another No, no, we will have another yes, episode and sure. a bunch of episodes with you. So absolutely, tell everybody where they can find you and where they can find Mental Dominance. Yeah, so you can, um, I have, how many, I have so many Instagram channels out there, but um, <laughs> for anybody who's looking to follow Supna Toronto, you can go on supnatoronto.com. You can yeah. uh, look up Supna Toronto on Instagram, mm-hmm. um, just Supna Toronto on its own. We are on every, pretty much all social media platforms. So yeah, if you use it, we're on it. Um, except TikTok, I don't know how to use. I don't like. I know how to use TikTok, but I don't know how to leverage TikTok on for stuff. Right, right, right. I just have to shake my ass a little bit. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but then, but then, uh, but also uh, for mental health, you can always check me out at um, Bobby Empath. Uh, cool. So if you look up Bobby Empath, uh, what I do um, is I put together a series of content and I just talk about day to day, you know, day to day things awesome that stuff. could affect. You know, the, you know that could impact us, and of course, I have the yeah, Mental yeah. Dominance uh, podcast, which is featured on Ruckus Avenue Radio. So you can always check out the archives on Ruckus Absolutely. Avenue. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah. So that's where you can find me. I am not hard to find. At least I hope I'm not. And then also, finally, obviously, Woodsman Beard. Um, you know, you can find. Yeah, um, if you on... have a 
if you have a beard, definitely check out Woodsman Beard. And, yeah. um, you know, like it's it's a great product. Um, I don't want to advertise on your platform. <laughs> no, it's no, so good. I mean, do. I'm going to put his links in the description no. of the podcast anyway. So, please yeah. do, because it's a product that we, we endorse fully. So we wouldn't we wouldn't give you that space if we didn't believe in you. Yes. So please, please, please do say something about Woodsman. Because <laughs> it's not just about if you have a beard, but also if you know someone who has a beard. Because I would happily buy those products for current. Yeah. If... I, if you know, in this alternate universe where you and Karen aren't romancing <laughs> and I had found out about it, I would have completely purchased it for uh, a gift because that, you know, that's a well, fun thing to do. Remarkable stories. I got in is actually my first client. Oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was the first order that I ever got. Like once I went oh. live. Yeah. So once I think it was like a day or two after that, then next thing you know, like then, then I, I think I want I don't remember, but I think I want the car. And then I'm like, why did you pay full price? I'm like, I could have given you a discount. Code. No, well, we, one thing that we stand by yeah. um, as humans is that if somebody's offering a private uh, service or a product, yeah. we should be praying, regardless of how you know them. And this yeah. this even includes family. Um, we don't believe in meets rates. We believe yes. in rise, like helping you rise as a as a company by giving you what you deserve, and mm. that's the the price you put out there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so definitely um, check out Woodsman Beard. So I do uh, have a beard business called the Woodsman Beard. Um, I'm a little bashful about it. So sorry about being the bashful, ever being bashful. But yeah, so I do uh, carry a line of uh, beard oils, bombs, um, and mustache awesome wax. beard beard bombs. Thank, and- thank, thank you so much. <laughs> um, sooner, um, I will be um, launching uh, some beard washes. Um, which is awesome. you know good to have, and the reason why beard washes are good is because the hair on your face is different than the hair on your head. Yes. So it's always good to kind of have the the nourishment, the extra nourishment on your face. Um, so right now we have the Wisman Classic, but then in summer t- in the summer I am going to be launching uh, some new lines of the Wisman beard. Um, one is going to be called the Imperial Woodsman, so it's going to be a sophisticated smell. Um, it's kind of hard mm-hmm. to describe, but it's you'll just once you smell like ooh sophistication. And so um, we also have the Rugged Woodsman. The Rugged Woodsman is um, a blend of peppermint, uh, grapefruit, and rosemary. So it has a bit of a piney, pleasant, piney, minty smell. So it's for that guy. It's for the worker. Beard. Sounds awesome. And then lastly, Ooh. it's um, a little <laughs> X-rated. It's called the Carnal Woodsman. It's um, oh my goodness! It's the most. It's our. It's it's basically our intimate beard oil. So it's. Uh, uh, cherry oh. mixed with tobacco, yeah. not the cigarette tobacco, but it smells. But yeah, cherry tobacco. It, it smells absolutely fantastic. Like I wore it the other day. Interesting. I was like, I just kept, I just kept smelling my beard, like as if there was something wrong with me, because like you know, you know when Why you move your out, beard. Man? Come on. You know when, like, do you do this, Karen? Like when you move your beard up to your nose, you're like, oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He does that all the time. Yeah. yeah you kind of, you do like a little bit of a Hannibal Lecter on your beard, and so. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like that was, oh yeah, that's what I was doing the other the other day, and I was like, doing damn, it right this smells so great. And so, anyways, yeah, that's what's uh, that's what's up in store. But you know, we are um, we are growing, and uh, it is it is good. You know, it is a passion project. When I started this whole thing, it was just a matter mm. of, I said, you know, I, I. I have I had twenty plus beard oils, and I just thought to myself, why am I not doing this shit myself? Right, so, right. 
so then I so so yeah so that's when I decided to kind of take the plunge and and I did it with mm. the, the expectation of failure and I'm like okay fine if I fail I fail and, and mm. that's what the mindset was but hey I'm still here so hopefully I'm doing awesome Yay. yeah just gonna get bigger thank you so much again for having me on the no no thank you so much for your time Bobby yeah no worries and this will be one of many discussions that will that will be a hundred percent bye have a good day. Thank you all for listening to Being Brown. As always, you can find us on Instagram at Being Brown Podcast and on Facebook at Being Brown. You can find references to anything we've discussed in the description of the episode. And you can also listen to the previous episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Mm-hmm.